Thank you for tuning in to our Daybreak Church podcast. My name is Britt. I wanted to take a minute and tell you about the message that is to come here on this podcast. This morning, we opened up our time by inviting families and individuals forward to join with us in the mission to share the story of God with people so that people can belong to the story of God. We call this a Legacy Sunday, where people share why they are joining this movement of men and women and children here at Daybreak Church. I wanted to include what they had to say as it speaks to the miracle of God's work among us here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, calling a people to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you as you listen is that you would be encouraged to know that God has called you to his purpose of glorifying him and in doing so would share his story with those around you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. We are continuing in our series, Awake the Dawn, uh, walking through Psalm 57 this morning. Really excited. We're feeling a little bit out of step and out of order. But as we talk about this morning, the, the mission of the church, the mission set before us by God for David um, and, and just his church in general, we will we'll see this a little bit in Matthew, uh, Matthew, well, Matthew chapter 28, but also uh, Psalm 57. So we're going to be looking at some scripture. This morning, but before we get to that, I want to invite ever, all of the people who are joining the church this morning, our Lego signers, to make their way over over here. We're going to kind of pot ourselves up over here. We've got like half the church movement, which is always exciting. You guys make a big hand round of applause for these folks. I told I told Stacey, I was like, so I think we got about like 20, 25 people uh, that are going to be joining the church uh, this morning. So one of the things uh, that we that we do at, at Daybreak is people go through our 101, 201, and 301, understanding uh, what what we what, what our goal is, what our mission is as a church in sharing the story of God with people, so that people can belong to the story of God. Um, we give them this invitation that um, at the end of once they've completed that, if they want to. Join in this family, join in this mission of making much of Jesus that we invite them to come up um, and just share why Daybreak. Uh, they could be at any other church, 97 other churches in this city. Um, they could be at home in bed. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there's so many other places that they could be, but yet they're choosing here. They're choosing to unite and connect themselves here with us. So I'm going to start out here, Betty, you're first. Is that, is that okay? Um, and then just, yeah, they're just going to share one by one why, why they break. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I need to hand this to you. Thank you. Uh, Betty Rodriguez and why they break. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but I'll keep it short. One thing is, you know, uh, there's solid biblical teaching, and that's so important to me. And as I went through the checklist, check, 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 it was something that I felt that I could be a part of. So with that, I'm going to close and pass on to the next. Praise God. Thank you, um, Joe and Brianna and Jed. Um, don't want to be a broken record, but as even as Britt said, um, family, as soon as you walk in the doors, you're greeted, you're welcome, and um, you're surrounded by Jesus and, and friendship, and it just seems like a place where you can continue to grow and dive in deeper. So. Thank you, everyone. 
we started coming here a little over a year ago, um, and we were just looking for a place now that our kids were older, a place for us. Uh, we are huge downtown people and love this community downtown here. So I had one morning Google churches in downtown Kenosha, and here we are. <laughs> and um, just want to add that I, I feel like God called us to come to Daybreak to help build Daybreak. So we are called to build. Mel and Shelby Poole. Um, we actually moved back up from this area, moved back up four years ago, almost, well, this month, and uh, really set ourselves on the road to find, you know, taking as long as necessary. We knew it was going to be a long time to find a really Bible-believing church that we really wanted to attend. And we saw the sign for Daybreak. Very first church we went to was Daybreak, and it was everything. Uh, one of the most important things uh, was that uh, a real belief that there's just one church. There are many different bodies of that one church, but it's one church, and we're not in competition with other churches. Instead, we're in cooperation because we're all just one, one family, and that's the family of Jesus Christ. In addition to that, it's also the commitment to the community that um, we value as well. I am Brenda, and I'm the grandmother of these three lovely girls, and we've been coming here for, I think it's almost three years now, two years? Three years? Four? Time flies. So I was looking for um, a church, and I think how it happened is that Stacy overheard a conversation I was having with a co-worker, Stevie. And um, she handed me a card. She goes, you have to come to this church and just check it out. And um, so that was, I put that on my list of these churches that, that I wanted to check out. And I came here with my biblical counselor who's out of Chicago. And um, she said, I know how you feel because I feel the same way you need to stay. And, and that's how it all came out. That's how, and then I kept I brought my girls, and they love it, especially our um, Thursday uh, dinner parties, and um, made a whole new family there too, and uh, really good friends. And I'm really happy. <laughs> We're all up here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So your dinner party is one of the things. Just with with Reddit, yeah. Uh, so if you guys remember about um, three years ago, almost today. Um, my bicep decided to detach from my left arm uh, and just roll up like a fruit roll up. Uh, I want to give that visual. I want you all to see it. Uh, and so I had to go in and have it, have my bicep reattached. And Retta was that wasn't even your position, but you were filling in for someone at the check in. No, I, that's what. That's oh, is it? Okay. And so Stacy was check. My my wife Stacy was checking in because I was out of my mind freaking out uh, about ready to have surgery. And Stacey had connected with, with her and Stevie, who's a good friend of, of ours, a good friend with her husband, Christian, uh, was working with her. And they were just talking about church. And she's like, 
you know what, that was the pastor, they're like, you should go check that church out. And so, again, just the beauty of, just you never know what your pain <laughs> might be something for someone else uh, to come and find a home. So, Sorry you had to do that. No, hey, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Grubs, take it away. Okay, so um, I'm Amy. This is my husband, Todd. This is my daughter, Kaylee. Um, and I'm representing our other daughter, uh, Jalen, who is away at Calvin University. Um, so we've been, yesterday she had to ask for it this morning. We're trying to figure out how long we've been here. Um, and it's been about four years. And um, this right here is part of dinner party. Um, this is part of our group. So if you are not involved in dinner parties, Bridget has to do this, but if you are not a part of dinner parties and are thinking about doing it, it's like these girls are my girls. Like I love these girls. So um, this is our family. So anyway, um, so we um, actually Todd and Kaylee started coming first. Um, I was having a hard time uh, with some anxiety and stuff, and um, wasn't ready to put myself in with people. And so finally they were like, you know, we need to go. You guys need to come check this out. And so. Um, and we had come from a church that uh, was really a family church, but it was it didn't stay together. And so we were like, we're just never going to find that again. And we came here, and that's exactly what this is. It is family, and um, it's just it's relationships, and um, it's just home. It feels like home for us, and uh, so that's why we want to be a part of it. Just a little over a year. We got married December 15th a year ago. And thank you. 
And um, the funny thing is, uh, we, like a week after, shortly after we got married, we went to Sassy B's next door and we met Ben um, and connected with him. And Ben, if you don't know Ben, he's on the worship team and he invited us to come to Daybreak and we're like, all right, we'll go. But we were part of another church. We weren't really like looking or anything. We just checked it out. And then for six months, we continued to go to a different church. And after six months, I got frustrated with it because I was like, I don't know anybody, even though I served on their medical team. I was like, I don't know these people at all. And I said to him, I want to go somewhere where we're connected, and I want to be somewhere uh, in our community. And this was the only church we knew of in Kenosha. I mean, we know of other churches, but we came and checked it out, and it was just really, really, really clear that God kind of wanted us here. So we've just kind of remained here. Um, a couple of people have mentioned the dinner parties. That's a great place to connect with people. And obviously, Pastor Britt's teaching is so clear the ways that God has blessed him, and he's a blessing to others. And I'm really, really, really excited. And the word he likes to use uh, is expectant for what's to come this year. I'm so excited to see, because I've seen God do a few things already, and I'm like, what are you doing next? So I'm excited. Yeah, Nate, and um, we'll kind of add to her story. Uh, you know, we were going to that church up in talking a lot about wanting to, you know, we're, we moved here to Kenosha and she wanted to do more volunteering and work in the community. Um, of course, the week that we came back to visit was the weekend right before Saturday. So, um, you know, Britt talked about, you know, having the churches for the city and wanting to live on Kenosha and I was just like, okay, I've got, like, well, I'm clear, but like, we'll, we'll come home, we'll be here. Uh, my name's Jody, and this is my family here. And I'm assuming they don't want to say anything. <laughs> Alright, well, we've uh, lived in Kenosha for 12 years, and uh, we just love this city. And uh, we thank God for uh, bringing us here to Daybreak. Um, it's just an amazing place. This week I sent Britt a text, and I said, why does there have to be six days between Sunday and Sunday? Like, I just want to get together and worship uh, with everybody. I've been, you know, there's this hunger within, you know, that because when I come here, I sense God's presence here, and I want to be here. And I know that part of it is because of you all being here. And so, uh, so yeah, I just, I, just, I just love that. And so why daybreak? Um, I guess because I just, because it's a young church, and we have a young pastor. Uh, I just believe that God has big things in store for this body in this city. And, um, and I also believe that God has big things in store for us as individuals and families and in dinner parties. And I'm excited for that. And I look forward to, uh, to getting more involved in that. So that's why Daybreak is going to be Um For Daybreak, for me, um, we've been saved for 14 years. I feel like. And so when we first uh, came to the Lord, we were a part of a small Bible study. And in the years of doing that, um, we grew so exponentially. And we haven't had that opportunity in a long time. So being part of um, dinner parties, it kind of has done that for me again. Um, it's given us an opportunity to grow as I can sure desire and getting to know people. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to grow more, to know more people. And already feeling that Brett has challenged me by asking me to stand up, trusting that I'm able and capable. And so I appreciate his um, 
trust in everything. We appreciate everything he does for us. So that's my favorite.
Jesus, thank you for this morning. Um, God, I realize the ministry that even just hearing my brothers and sisters share, the ministry that it was to my own heart, uh, the encouragement that it was to me, and I, I pray and hope the encouragement that it is for others that are listening to know that you are alive, you are well here, that you are building your church uh, through imperfect people. Uh, and so, Jesus, I just thank you for them. I pray that you would strengthen them. Uh, God, that the gifts that you have perfectly placed upon them, um, God, that as that comes to life, that that would grow and become a greater blessing within our body, that we would be able to encourage and raise them up, protect them, uh, guard them, bring about even more and more healing. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for their life the life of all of the men and women who call neighboring church home, the life of all of your children that are found in this, this house this morning, worshiping, seeking here for the first time. Uh, Father, they may be able to experience you. Jesus, we ask all of this for your glory and for our good. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Will you guys go ahead and have a seat? Walk by Stacy. She's got something for you. And we will. And, uh, and put your Legos on this table. Yeah, if you haven't given me your Legos, do whatever Stacy has told you. <sighs> Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I was really, in preparing for this this morning, um, just knowing what God had kind of in store for people coming and sharing. And, um, again, I don't, the more and more, the, <laughs> the more I pastor, the less I help script people, um, which is sometimes the opposite. Sometimes I think pastors, in their youthfulness, like, Okay, yeah, no, just here's the microphone. Say what you want to say. And then after that, they realized, I need to never let that happen ever again. <laughs> um, when we started the church, that was kind of our thing. We wanted to be really intentional um, so that people wouldn't say crazy, weird things um, or things that just didn't make sense. Um, and more and more, we've just trusted the Spirit to do what He wants to do um, and raising up and leading people to healing. So this morning I, I knew kind of what God might have in store for us, um, how it perfectly lines up with what we're talking about this morning, not constructed on my end, but just how God sees the bigger picture. Um, we are called to be present and active in our community. Um, the community that exists in Kenosha, the community that exists on your block, the community that exists here in this church, and it's this, this big presence with God in the community. It's to be a part of what God is doing, what God is doing in our workplaces, friendships, and family. See, God is inviting us to engage our city. When I use the word city, like I use that um, as kind of a metaphor. I haven't created an acrostic for it yet, but I think I will. As I'm saying this right now, I'm looking at Stacy. She's like, oh good, more acrostics, more things. Um, but this understanding that it's something deeper than just like an address. It is the men and women, the children, it is the hopes, it is the dreams, it is the potential found in any given location that God wants to bring to life. And if you have your Bible, let's turn with me to Psalm 57. We're going to be looking at verses 9 and 10 to give us a kind of a, a recap. Uh, we've been listening to the Psalm King David as he has found himself locked away in a cave um, trying to avoid death from his father-in-law. It's a really cool story. Um, being chased to be murdered by his father-in-law. Um, and the reason why he's being chased uh, is King Saul uh, was a, is the king, but because of God's kindness and mercy for the people of God in growing his kingdom, God's kingdom, um, he has anointed and selected David. 
And King Saul knows about this, and King Saul's frustrated, he's angry, he's upset about this, and his goal is to, well, there can't be King David if King David's dead. And so he is set out to kill King David. And so, as this is happening, first part of Psalm 57, he's kind of praising, like, well, it's like, God, help me, I can be chased, it's bad, I can die, this is miserable. Then we pick up this part with Awake the Dawn, where his tone begins to actually turn from a, a prayer of petition of God help to a prayer of praise. God, even though I'm not helped yet, I'm going to praise you knowing that it's coming. And that we can learn so much from this. And so in verse 9, if you have your Bibles, we'll look there, it says, I will praise you, Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your faithful love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Among the people. David makes this unique declaration. He says that I'm not going to just keep my praise to myself. I'm not going to keep the story of God's faithfulness to myself. I'm going to do it among the people. Among the nations. I'm going to, I'm going to share this story of God's faithfulness in such a way and in a particular way. They catch, they catch this. He, the way in which he says, he's like, I'm going to share this news via the vehicle of praise. And we're going to be getting into praise in a few weeks as a church talking about the specifics of what that looks like. Praise is a specific kind of worship. It's a specific way in which we carry ourselves. And David is uniquely saying this. I'm going to praise among, among the people for them to know this story. And again, let's remember the story. He's still in a cave. It's dark. I can only imagine he can hear the chanter and banter of his father-in-law outside going, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. We're going to get him out. We're going to drag him out. I'm going to kill him. And then he can hear this. But as he's hearing this, there's something louder in his soul that's continuing to echo. Son, I got you. I've chosen you. I've anointed you. You're mine. You're my child. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And David's like, okay, if I can choose the voice, I'm going to listen to this one. I'm going to listen to this one. Why? And we see it in verse 10. For your faithful love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. And so King David goes, you know what? I, I know this to be so true about my life and the life of others that I want everyone to know. And we should praise God among the people, telling people that it is God that has helped us through. One of the biggest things we talk about, uh, gospel fluency, it, it's growing in this realization that when I'm in need of something, like if there's a sinful behavior or pattern that's taking place in my life, and I know that I need to get better, therapy's great, counselors are amazing, get that, go for that, like all, but realize those are individuals that are also gifts from God. That the praise belongs to the one who is created, the one who sustains, the one who gives gives those things away to us. And so at the end of the day, it's not me going, you know what, I read this great five-step help book, and life is so much better now. That may be helpful, may be good, but God has given somebody wisdom, somebody direction, somebody the ability to write, and so I'm able to give God praise in those moments. 
to rest back and realize, because I know this to be true, that God's plan for me is to make me more like Jesus. And he will use any measure, any means necessary to bring me to that. Even to the point of detaching a bicep to not only bring humility to me, but bring others to saving knowledge of Jesus. To bring others into a place of home. To grow in their relationship with God. Now I can sit back and go, Jesus, why the arm? Why, why the bicep? Like, God, when does it get easier? He said, when you dance, son. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh. I mean, like, some of y'all know some of the stories. Like, just, like, there's those moments where I'm like, Jesus, why the septic tank downstairs? Like, why does this have to blow? Do y'all know what 500 gallons of uh, human waste looks like coming out of some of y'all that are shaking your heads? Yes, I, you, I'm, yeah, it's horrible. What's worse is when your pastor doesn't understand, he's never heard the phrase honey wagon before, and he's shoveling it all out. And I'm like, then finally I'm like, well, thanks be to, seriously, thanks be to God for the bar. One of the individuals was like, you know they have a truck that sucks all that out, right? What? And he's like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, oh, thanks Jesus. <laughs> like, it's those moments where I'm like, Jesus, why? And I'll never forget, but engaging in relationship with the Father, asking those questions, like King David. He's laying on the children's ministry floor, crying, God, why? First the arm, then this, then other stuff. I know there's going to be more things. Why? He says, because I love people, and I want you to be more loving. And right now, you need a little more brokenness in your life. Okay, Jesus. I don't remember signing up for this. And he's like, hey, you do. I said, yeah, I do. I said yes to you. This faithfulness, this steadfastness, it's what drives me to a place where kind of, I've watched you and your love endure in the darkest of my own hours. And I know for many of you, the hours that you find yourself in, that God is faithful. When people ask, how are we doing with our difficulties? Do we give God the credit for getting us through? Or do we chalk it up to dumb luck or our own wisdom? And we've managed to find ourselves a way out of our pain. God must be verbally praised to the people for what he has done in our lives. That is key for us as a people to grow in. That as things take place in our life, as we share our story and his story, it points to him. It tells a lost world there is hope. It shows to a world that is skeptical, a world that is broken just like you, a world that is experiencing pain just like you, that there is a place that you can rest your head, there is a hope that you can cling to that will not leave you wanting, that will satisfy. So praise is a matter of testifying to others of God's goodness. David specifies these two aspects of God's loving kindness and his truth. Uh, Psalm 57, verse 3, will be up on the screen, you can turn to it. So uh, he says this, he reaches down from heaven and saves me, challenging the one who tramples me. God sends his faithful love and truth. There's this coupling here, this faithful love and truth. Truth, we need truth, we need that in our lives. We don't just need false hopes. 
We don't just need simple encouragement. We need the truth of God himself mixed with his faithful love. Right? We've all heard truth without love is just mean. It's mean words. We don't like, truth is good, but truth with love is amazing. Love without truth is just messy. Yet we see David making this connection that, we, that God gives us both his faithfulness and his truth. And then in verse 10, um, we just read, For your faithful love is as high as the heavens, your faithfulness reaches the clouds. God's truth, his faithfulness, his loving kindness. It is meant and shaped and fashioned for you and I for this reason. Your life, if you're a note taker, you can write this down. Your life is a life of mission. Don't mistake it for an intermission. Your life as a follower of Christ is meant to be on mission, not an intermission. Uh, I've shared this before when I grew up uh, in the Southern Baptist Church. The way that I was taught about salvation, heaven, uh, giving my life to Jesus, it was like, awesome, here's your stamp. And I go sit down and just wait for the end. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like 16. And like, it just always blew my mind. I was like, is there more? <laughs> like, this is this it. Like, okay. Like, all right, let's keep coming to church. Keep getting yelled at. Keep, like, keep being told that I'm not enough. And, like, okay, there's, there's got to be more. There's got to be so much more. Thanks be to God, there's more. There's a lot more. We understand and grow. John 10, 10, for comes to me, of life and life to its most full. We grow in this understanding that, that my life, your life, our life, is a life, once redeemed by Jesus, immediately gets a mission. God's like, I got a plan for you now, boom, let's go. Like, you have a mission. Whether you choose to accept it or not, what's the mission impossible? Okay, this is your mission, whether you choose to accept it. Like, like this is it. Peter's like, yep, awesome. Yeah, like, whether you choose to accept, like, it's, it's, it's the mission. And it's to glorify Him. To make much of your life. And to bring good to others. Like, this is the, that second piece of something I've been growing in over the last few years. Is that in, in me giving glory to God, good should also be coming to others. That I should be seeking the good of those around me. My neighbors. My friends. My family. Those people I don't agree with. Those people that are annoying. Or people that bring me pain. That they deserve good too. Why? Because they're made in his image. He longs for them to know him more. He longs for them to be a part of his family. And so my mission is to glorify him and bring good to those around me. And so we have to, I don't feel like you have to might break this train of thought that I'm just simply, I'm in an intermission waiting for heaven to come down. Like I'm on, I am on a mission. You are on a mission. If you said yes to Jesus, that there is a plan and a purpose for you. Um, yeah, I have a lot of notes this morning. I just really want to drive this home. Um, the reason, you, you, there's a reason you live where you live. And you are where you are. There's a reason you go to work, you go to work, you go to school, you go to school, Eat where you eat, shop where you shop. It's that God is already around you at work, wanting to see His glory break through from you. Um, 
would say tonight, moved here. This is one of the things that I just I'm deeply, profoundly grateful to the gospel and to Jesus and just the story that God wrote within us. We're not pros at uh, we have friends that, that are church planters. They do it for a living, and they travel the country and start some of the coolest places and launch some of the biggest, most of just insane churches. And then Stacey and I were like, ah, let's just go hang out with some people. Let's go, like, let's go with Joe. Let's invite Joe to the house. Let's, let's, like, let's, let's invite some friends and just see what Jesus could do. Let's invite your mom and dad over. Let's... Let's go to let's go to the supermarket and like we call it our church pickup lines. We like run into people and be like, hey, we're new here. What's their fun to do? And I would always leave the question, why did you move to Kenosha? It's a great question. Well, we are starting a church. <laughs> and we would find time and time again. There was just this hunger in people's hearts. Every, every conversation we ever had was someone leading to a place of, I want to belong somewhere. Either the church they were a part of had hurt them, hurt their family, hurt somebody that they knew, they had grew distance. But time and time again, we continue to hear this same central theme that people wanted to belong. They wanted to belong somewhere. They wanted to belong, um, whether they fully understood what it meant to belong to Jesus, it was a whole different scenario, a whole different question. But it was something that for Stacey and I, we locked into this question. So Luke 8, 38, it's not going to be up on the screen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, write this down. You've heard me talk about this scripture often. Uh, Luke 8, 38 is the story of a man with, his name was, uh, they called him Legion. Uh, he was possessed by many spirits. And the community hated him. They sent him, they locked him in a cave, put chains on him, dude was naked, running around screaming. Not the kind of guy you want to go hang out with. And yet Jesus sees him and goes to him. Like right there, I just want to take a moment, we're going to get to this next Sunday when we talk about why Jesus. Like this is why Jesus. Jesus shows up in an island and off in the distance is a normal city with normal people very clothed people, people not weird, people not smelly to the most part, and yet he sees on this mountain cliff a naked, estranged, broken dude. He's like, hey, we're going to go over here, guys. And I can only imagine, like, the disciples, like, oh, why there? Like, Jesus, can we not, like, just have, like, just a normal moment? Nope, this is the guy. And they go, and the story's crazy, like, Jesus cast the demons out of the man, and the city's furious. And I kind of understand why, if you get the story, Jesus cast the demons into a herd of pigs, and the pigs run off, run out, like run into the ocean. It's a weird story. But yet, something takes place um, as the city no longer wants Jesus there. But you gotta go. And Jesus is like, okay, cool, I'm out. As he gets in the boat, the man who he had healed, who is now in right mind, now rocking it, walks up to Jesus and is beginning to get in the boat. He's like, I'm going to come with you. And Jesus says, no, I want you to go home and tell everyone the great things that God has done for you. Just go home. Simple as that. I want you to go home because I've changed you. I've stamped you. You're no longer the naked dude with chains. You're, you're now a child of God. 
to go home and just tell people about your story and about what God has done for you. And I love that the way that the story just kind of abruptly ends. It says, and he went and told everyone everything Jesus had done for him. And it says, everyone in the cities were impressed and gave glory to God. And so for Stacey and I, we read this when we were, before we ever left to come start neighbor, and we're like, God, what if that's our like, thing? Like, I wasn't a naked dude with chains on a mountaintop. <laughs> well, maybe, not that, but like, just like, Stacey can tell you stories. I just, I was a mess in different, different, different avenue, different brain. Um, but yeah, we're like, what if we just go home for you? Like, let's just go to your home. I love Kenosha every time I'm there, and I just, I love it. But what if we just go home for you and just tell people about Jesus? Just tell people the things that he has done for us, help them see the things that he's doing for them. And we locked in this, this phrase. You've heard us say it a thousand times. The mission of the church is going to be up on the screen right now. To share the story of God with people so that people can belong to the story of God. Now that's, that's a very summed up. There's some things kind of missing. There's an implied understanding in a lot of this. But I wanted to walk us through that briefly this morning. So just go ahead and leave that up there. The first thing, sharing. Um, that means... We have to use our words. We have to open up our lives to people. Um, and and I, I love the honesty. I know Amy said it. Um, Kinder said it. Uh, Shannon said it. Like it was like, I don't this, I don't this isn't comfortable. Telling people this is not this is not comfortable. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I I told you those last week, Amy, they can look so easy. I was like, do you realize how dry my mouth gets up here? Like, and I'm, like, constantly, don't say that, don't stutter, like, stay on the right key, like, don't, like, don't chase that rabbit that will clearly let people know you're insane. Like, don't do that. Like, stay focused. And yet, there's this, this call in my heart. She says, no, share. Just tell people, point people, let them see who God is, let them see the Father. And we don't just come here for you to be shared, we come here for you to be equipped to also Share. It's just spending time with the Lord that you yourself are sharing. So this beginning piece, we all have to acknowledge that there is something in us that calls us to praise people, um, like praise God among the people that we share. We're sharing this as we go. And what are we sharing? This is. No, no. I got to be careful. I don't want anything to fall. This is huge. <laughs> the story of God. That is what we share. Not self-help, not it'll get better, not it'll get easier. We don't give false hope. We give the story of God. We give the narrative of what he has done, he is doing, he promises to do. And here's the kicker. I know this from any of us in here. I don't know enough about God when we start where we are and we share what we know. Like that. Let's say that to Senator. We start where we are and we share what we know. Like that is the story. We're not asking any of you to grow. God is not saying that I need all of you to grow and be these amazing historians and theologians and being able to recite the scripture front to back. But know what you know. Believe what you believe in the word of God, his story. Not a story that, as we talked about this last two weeks ago, not a second-hand Jesus. 
Not a second hand, like, well, this is what my grandmother believed, or what my mom believed, or what my like, dad, who's a pastor, believed. Those are great relationships that have shaped you and brought you to where you are, but you need the story of God alive in you for your sake and the sake of the people. So that we would grow in sharing the story of God with people. With people. I want to be just quick here. Um, we're becoming more and more a digitized society. Um, and more and more my, my heart just longs for this face-to-face. -face. Um, Jody hit it like, man, that the six days in between. So I just want to be, I want to be next to you. I want to be in relationship. Like we like we're not gonna buy like a communal, like commune area and just build a big mansion. Even though that'd be fun. I do I wanna say, I do think it'd be fun. But that's borderline on cult, so we're not gonna do that. But things, <laughs> there's some, some specific things like when we do that, then we become weird. No, we're not gonna do that. Uh, but just that being in relationship, being face to face, not just locking down on Facebook. I'm gonna let the world know on Facebook. Because here's what happens. I'm just gonna give you a little insight on Facebook. The more awkwardly you post things, people, there's a little button. I don't know if you know this, because I've done it for some of you. Um, it's called unfollow. <laughs> and now I don't have to see it anymore. And there's some of us who are like, yeah, that's enough. Like, I'm just going to push my agenda or my thing, and the world's going to see it, and I'm glorifying God because, darn it, I'm just, I'm locking it in, and I'm doing my thing, and I don't care who cares. Like, here it is. It's like, and people just stop listening to that. And people can walk away from that. And, and there's, there's, again, there's a way in which we're called to do it. Um, there's an old phrase, the, the bullhorn Christianity. You, I don't know, you've probably seen it around here. Somebody who stands on the street corner, the bullhorn, yelling about how horrible you are and need Jesus. Come to church and I'll tell you that too. Like, we, we are horrible in need of Jesus. Like, without Jesus, we're, we're lost Amen to hell. We need Jesus. And we have him. Amen? Just me? I guess that's him. Yeah. He's given himself for us. Like he is ours. And he has given his life perfectly for us so that we might be redeemed. So that we might share this story with other people. So that's the next part. So sharing the story of God with people so that there's a purpose of why we're sharing. We're not just sharing it so that our conscience feels good. We're not just sharing it because Pastor Brent says, well, this is what we're supposed to do. So that people can belong to the story of God. That's the purpose. To belong to his story. What is his story? God renewing and reviving all things for his glory. To renew all things in this life as much as it possibly can be until the coming of Jesus again. And so the, the pushback that I had growing up as a kid was, it's not going to get any better, we're just waiting for the end. Like, and when you're waiting for the end, you, all you're doing is continuing to look at signs of how horrible things you're going to get. And I, I'm seeing it too, the world is a mess. But you know what else I see? I see 25 people who are growing in family and discovering their purpose, discovering the love of God. This week alone I've had multiple conversations with men and women who are at the end of themselves coming to a place of, I want freedom. The freedom that we've talked about for years as a church. Like, I need this. I'm ready to declare this. Jesus, I want this. 
Even this morning, a, a young couple in our church, we praying for them. Um, some super rough news, one of the girls is in the hospital. And like just this moment of their first response is, we need our family to pray for us. Because God has this. We'll be okay. And this growing movement, we're like, oh, Jesus, this is, this is messy, this is hard, but this is beautiful. This is the story that you're writing so that people can belong to your story. Romans 8, if you want to uh, read this when you get home, I bring to this scripture all the time. Romans 8, uh, 1 through everything in Romans. Uh, so good. Uh, it says, therefore there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. I want to camp there for just a second. I feel like that's where I need to pull it out. Yeah, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 8. I know we come here often. This for me is the gospel. There's this, this for me is it. Because uh, this is part of the promise and beauty of what the Holy Spirit does for us. Um, Jesus knows um, that we needed help, and so he sends the Holy Spirit. I need to wrap up. Romans um, 8 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ, those who belong to Christ. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you, someone say it, free from the law of sin and death. And I need that. I can't need that. I don't know about you. There are things that happen in life, things that people say, things that I feel, things that the, uh, the, the evil one will whisper. He's like, man, under condemnation. I'm broken, I'm wrong, it's bad, I'm not enough, I'm miserable, I suck, uh, I feel it all, I feel in the blank. Again, this passage right here, the Holy Spirit, the gospel that is here, like, hey, if you belong to him, guess what you can tell, guess where you can tell condemnation to go? Uh, I can't say if you got the microphone. <laughs> like, go. Like, go. Be gone. Because I am free in the Spirit from that which would have led me to death. Why? Because I have Jesus. Do you have Him? Do you belong to Him? This is the story that I want to see my entire city woven into is the narrative of the redemptive beauty of Jesus Christ, of what he has done, is doing, and promises to do. But that happens when you and I grow and embrace our identity as men, women, and children called missionaries. We're on mission. We're on mission everywhere we go. Everywhere. And I know I've said this before, there are moments where I just I want to like, be invisible and just like show up. I was at a, a training Monday and Tuesday, and quickly I like when they we go around and introduce ourselves, I said I was a pastor. And so like immediately no one wanted to talk to me. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, but it was halfway, like on the second day, had two ladies come up. And they were like, I know where we know you from. And I'm like, oh, that's always the worst. Like, where do you know me from? And they're like, you're the beer pastor. And I was like, oh. Um, last five years, four years, I've had the privilege of being invited um, to Pep's Beer Garden to pray 
for the blessing of the Bach, is what it's called. Um, uh, my friend who started the organization, um, not a believer, um, knows that I love Jesus and knows that this is a systematic thing that Germans would do as part of the functionality of, of opening the beer garden, and he wants to make it as real as possible. And so he doesn't know any other priests, he doesn't know any Anglicans, he doesn't know any fathers, but he knows Pastor Brett. He's like, hey, uh, I don't really know how this works, but if I give you a microphone, can you like pray for five minutes? I'm like, oh, yes, I can. Sure. And what do you want me to say? He's like, ah, just names. I don't know. Like, talk about, like, I don't, like we're, just, we're blessing the block. And I'm like, okay. Now, this is hard. I just want to be honest with you. Like, alcohol, like, all of us have a different take on what it does. If it's beneficial, if it's not beneficial. Um, but yet, there's this moment, like, man, I'm given an opportunity to stand before this last year 750 people. And for five minutes, talk to Jesus on their behalf. Okay, and this last year, um, I figured out a way to not like hardcore preach, um, but, but pre preach John 6, the woman at the well. Uh, that we come to places looking for freedom, looking for connection, looking for hope. Many of you are going to come to this place, this beer garden, to find connection, to find hope. And just to flat out say, you're not going to find it in the beer, you're going to find it in Jesus. And prayed. Several people came up and they're like, I felt like I was in church. You kind of were. But it's those moments that, that we find ourselves affording ourselves in those places to connect people to the story of God. To, to use Benjamin as an example. The shows that he finds himself playing at. Ben doesn't play at places so that he's like, all right, who can I get to come to church? Who... Who am I going to lock in and just be a, a, a billboard? But as he plays, the giftedness that what God has put on his life connects with the heartbeat of other people to where a couple said, hey, we're new. Tell us about, oh, I go to this church. Oh, I want to check that church out. It's these little things, these little moments of your faithfulness, seeing your life on mission, where you will help people belong to the story of God. As the worship team comes forward. So I want to pray for us, commission us as a people to be on mission. That your life, where you are, as you walk into the presence of the Lord, as you connect with Him, as you grow in your purpose, your purpose is to glorify Him, to make much of Jesus, to be on mission. We as a church are on mission. You as a family are on mission. You as an individual are on mission. Your city needs you. Your children need you. Your family needs you. The bartender needs you. The hostess needs you. Not you, they need Jesus. And he's called you. He's called me to bear his image, to share the story. To be at a place where it just it rolls off of us. That we would grow in that. This morning, my hope would be for you to maybe uh, just we, I want to invite us to stand. That if this morning that you would, in an act of praise, just kind of extend ourselves out to say, God, I, I know that I'm like there's a there's a poorness in me in my spirit, there's a powerlessness in me, 
but yet there is strength in you. And I'm going to give all that I have for you and for your glory and for your story, for your name to become the most famous thing that ever is and ever will be. And here's, here's, the, here's the good news, just so you can all kind of take a big breath back. That, that's way, right? But, oh my gosh, that's a lot for me to do. He's already won. Like, it, he already is the most famous thing that will ever be. And he just says, hey, be a part of it. Join in the movement. Connect to it. Just be, be you as we make it happen. So Jesus, we come thankful for the story, thankful for your mercy, thankful that you are faithful and true. Your word speaks over us and you invite us to among the people, among the nations, just declare and to praise how amazing you are and how amazing you have been. From this morning, as we worship you, as we declare this, may you stir our hearts in affection. Just say thank you. Say thank you for saving us. Thank you for inviting us into your story. Thank you for allowing us to belong not on our merits, but on the life of Jesus Himself. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. We are thankful. Glory to your name, more and more fame to who you are, through my brothers and sisters, and through my own life. So, Jesus, would you do that as we come this morning and praise you? Thank you for listening. We long to share the story of God with people so people can belong to the story of God. If you would like to know more, please head to ourdaybreak.church for more information. That's www.ourdaybreak.church for more information. May you make much of Jesus this week in your life.